Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Lamed Hay in Masechah Sukkah. And on the very top of Daf Lamed Hay, where we begin with the Gemara, the Mishnah had discussed the Esrog, right? We talk about the Esrog, and like we said with all the other Dal Minim, it can't be Yavish, it can't be Guzzle, and all the other aspects, and hopefully we'll be able to discuss those aspects of the Esrog today. But the very first question that the Gemara is going to ask is, how do we in fact know that we bring the actual fruit that we call esrog. After all, the Pasuk doesn't say esrog. The Pasuk says, as you have already looked at this, this Pasuk several times, it's in Sefer Vayikrech of Gimel, Hadar. Okay. Pre-Eitz Hadar is a beautiful fruit. As it so happens, is this a Dafyomi coincidence? For the first time in my life, I'm stranded on a Caribbean island, and there are many beautiful fruit here. Uh, less so now where United has placed us in the airport hotel. But still, you could see beautiful fruit everywhere you go. And so, if I saw in the Pasuk, How would I know which one of these fruit is the one that I'm supposed to be bringing as Dalad Minim? An interesting question indeed. The Gemara says, How do we know? It has to be, well, notice the juxtaposition of two words, pre eights hadar. Uh-huh. It's not so unusual, right? This must be a Masora, right? Because when I just read pre eights hadar, I understand it. A fruit, a fruit tree that's beautiful. I get it. But there is a limud here that pre eights, the juxtaposition of those two words, is supposed to imply or teach us that the tam of the fruit and the tam of the tree are the same. Now, this is not like the original Gan Eden before the Chet Haaretz, which is sometimes referred to, where everything tasted delicious. You could eat the tree, you could eat the trunk, the bark, the fruit, everything tasted absolutely delicious. In fact, this is quite the opposite, right? Much as we do love the Esrog and pay more for it than we would for any other fruit, we don't always talk about this, but the fact is it's almost inedible. I know my wife... um, Zalzain Gedun makes, uh, used to occasionally make esrog jelly, and um, it's tough. There's almost no amount of sugar that can make it taste uh, normal. And the fact is that there's very little pulp. In other words, you never peel an esrog. That's not a thing. You're supposed to, you basically cut it, and you'll notice when you cut it that it has almost no pulp. That's, in fact, what Tom eats, Tom Pri Shave literally means. It physically has sort of like a it's not exactly bark, but it's basically peel growing on a tree. So in that sense, it's not really a fruit with pulp and all of that as we're used to on top of a tree. And that's what Tom Aids and Tom Pri means. And that's really unique to the Esrog. As Tosfos points out, the top Tosfos, it's not uh, singularly unique. There are other meaning, but Chazal have uh, other parameters that narrow down to the Esrog. Uh, in fact, the Gemara is now going to try to say that there's another species, very different kind of species, certainly not as beautiful at all, um, that has this aspect of Tom Eitz and Tom Pri. And the Gemara, as Tosas points out, it'll point out why it uses this example. Gemara is just going to sort of give a um, half, half-hearted attempt at, at pointing out maybe another min uh, that has the Tom Eitz Katam Pri, and maybe that should be the estrog that we use. I had a discussion over WhatsApp with Rabbi Gross about this. You know, it's not at the time of Yeshua Ben Nun, 
well, I was listening to Shir Barbari Libowitz, Shlita the Great Tafilmi Master, he was saying that um, already by the time of Yerushua Ben Nun, they started with uh, carrying Lulav and Esrog. And I was embarrassed to ask Rabbi um, Gross the question that Goranowitz brought up. I was embarrassed I didn't know the answer. Goranowitz asked, what did Bnei Israel do in the Midbar? Uh, with Dalet Minim in particular. Where did they get Arve Nachal? So we already learned about the Arovos. They didn't have to go to the stream, so that's good. But where are they getting it even in the, de- in the desert? And where did they get the Dalet Minim? And, and so I did not know. And so I had to swallow my pride and ask Rabbi Gross. And I thought it surely is a Pasuk in Chumash somewhere. And I'm just slipping my mind. Rabbi Gross said it's a great question. He himself didn't know. That made me feel better. And there Raya's... Um, in, in various directions as to whether, in fact, there was, um, they had Dalminim in the Midbar. But one of the things that struck me was Ari Leibowitz mentioned that the Estrog and the Dalminim were something that all of uh, the Tanaim and everybody, generations going back all the way to Yeshua ben Nun, he said. And I was wondering, why did Dafka say Yeshua ben Nun? That's interesting. It has to be that he means that they only started taking Dalminim when they entered Eretz Israel. So when I mentioned to Rabbi Gross, he said, well, it's funny you should mention that because the Rambam himself mentions that uh, Rabbi Yeshua ben Nun. Um, and so he was going to delve a little bit more into that. But what I find fascinating, if it is in fact true that Klal Yisrael did start the Dalit Minim when they entered Eretz Yisrael, then the dynamic between these two very fundamentally different but very essential to Sukkot aspects of Sukkot are in fact very different indeed. And I am referring to the Sukkah and the Dalad Minim. If it is in fact true, as the Ramam seems to imply, that the Dalad Minim only started upon entrance into Eretz Yisrael, so then you have a dynamic where the Sukkahs were in the Midbar and in Galus, so to speak, and then the Dalad Minim were in Eretz Yisrael. And so these two elements and these two themes that we have of Sukkah, Sukkahs, might in fact... Uh, represent both existences of the right of the Jew, where you have the sukkah, the enveloping Ananiah covered, protecting us in our gullus, and the triumphant carrying of the Dalad Minim, really representing the entrance into Eretz Yisrael and the gathering. And the Gemara itself says that you use these particular fruits because they show Shifcha Shel Eretz Yisrael. So there's definitely a connection with the sukkah and Besukkah Soshafti where Hashem protects us in Gullus, and the Dalad Minim, where the actual, they actually seem to represent some sort of connection to Eretz Yisrael. Definitely a theme that uh, I think bears, um, bears some development. Anyway, be that as it may, the suggestion the Gemara brings is what pre Adam might be referring to, based on the Tom Eitz and Tom Pre being similar, is in fact peppercorn, says the Gemara. Right. Whereas the Gemara says, just starting from the beginning, just to get the flow, says the Gemara, maybe it's peppercorn. This is a pasuk in Perkutes in Sefer Vayikra that talks about the prohibition of Orla. When you enter Eretz Israel, you're going to plant a tree, you cannot. What? Eat from it the first three years. Right? The Isra of Orla. Okay. So says the Gemara, What do you mean? I understand. It's a tree, and you're planting it for the sake of its fruit. 
So of course it's an eitz. Why this redundant phrase? Of course it's an eitz that's planted for fruit, which means that it's planted for something which we'll eat. What's this redundant phrase? Eitz machal, a tree for eating. Of course it's an eitz machal, says the Gemara, right? From the fact that it says that, I don't know that it's an eitz machal, says the Gemara, matal mudlomer eitz machal, eitz shetam eitzo ofir yoshave. So there it is. We learn right there, uh, with regards to the Orla, that in fact, right, there is a uh, case where the Tom eats and Tom free is Shava, and still it is included in the prohibition of Orla. Says the Gemara, Omer that even peppercorns, even though, as Tosus points out, they're low, they're short, they're this and that. Bottom line is, you might think it's a vegetable, you might think it's a fruit. Bottom line is, it's a fruit. It's a peppercorn, it's chayev in orla, and it's to, uh, fruit, tastes like the tree. Wow, well, perhaps that would be pre as well. It says the Gemara, From this we learn that, in fact, Eretz Yisrael is not lacking in anything. Not only does it have zavatz chalavadvash, it even has peppercorn. That, that everything has, um, that everything is in Eretz Yisrael, and it is lacking for nothing. Well, either way, we see that it's referring to peppers. So, really, again, I think this is sort of a half-hearted attempt to suggest that paper, peppercorn would be the min that we bring for pre Adar. The simple answer would be, well, okay, so you got pre eights, so you got the Tama eights, the Tama Pre. We don't have Adar. Peppers are ugly, right? And Estrogim are beautiful. So the Gemara kind of develops it, perhaps not in that way, but the Gemara answers now, why, despite the fact that both the esrog and the peppercorn have the aspect of having the tree like the fruit, why, in fact, we know that the esrog is the one that we use as follows. Says the Gemara, Yeah, the reason why we don't use peppercorn, despite the fact that the fruit tastes like the tree, is because it's not possible. So to speak. In other words, how are you going to do so? Asks the Gemara. What are you going to take? You take one pepper kernel? That doesn't make any sense. You're going to look ridiculous. You're going to, it's going to get lost in the creases of your palm. Okay. Lo min right? If you take just one peppercorn, never, it's not even going to be visible. And that can't be that that's what the, the, uh, right, the Torah meant to do. When it said, Okay, so then take a handful. So what if you take like a handful? It doesn't say a handful. It Right, pre eight hadar. So it has to be therefore one fruit that you take like a normal person and you're holding it and people could see it. So obviously it's not pepper. Says the Gemara, and it concludes Hilchachlo Afshar. It can't be that it's peppercorn. It has to be that it's something else, and it has to be something where it's Tamitzkatama pre, and therefore it must be the Esrog. Okay. Now continuing with that Brisa, the original Brisa that we quoted, a pre Hadar, says the Gemara, Rebi Yoimer, Altikri Hadar Ella Hadir. Don't read it vowelizing the way we do, but read it like a deer, which means in Hebrew a corral, right, where you keep animals. How is this tree analogous to an animal corral? As follows, says the Gemara, Just like when you look at a sample size of animals in a corral, some are tall, some are big, some are ugly, some are fat, and some are brown, some are white, all different shapes and sizes. So, here too, when we see the, right, the Esrogim, they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Wow. And because the Esrog is something that comes in different shapes and sizes and colors and everything, 
That must be the one it's referring to. That's fascinating. Says the Gemara, Really? Is that so unique to an Esrog that it comes in different shapes and sizes? I would say, well, a peppercorn probably, pepper is, is pretty uniform, at least to the human eye. But like most other fruits, you see like a real variety out there of how good it could be, right? You go to the grocery store and you got to pick out the good ones. And those are from the ones that have been already right selected. So says the Gemara, yeah, that's true. That's not very uniquely distinguishing of the Esrog, but rather this is what he meant to say. That is, in fact, very unique to an Esrog's growth. This is not true of almost any plants um, that I'm aware of, which is as follows. The tree, if you look at it, not in the supermarket, um, not in the ground, but the tree, and we're going to get more into this, the Esrog tree is very unique. It's a tree where the fruit will just continue to grow um, even more than an annual cycle. It'll just continue to grow all year round on the tree and it'll just grow and grow and grow and grow. That's how you get these gigantic ones. Uh, we'll see at the end, uh, towards the end of tomorrow's stuff. Rabbi Kiva once came in the base mesh carrying it on his shoulder. We will discuss the rabbi's reaction to that. But you see sometimes, you know, it's that guy. The guy who's carrying the one that's bigger than watermelon. Uh, one of the ways that that can happen is because, in fact, until you pluck it, it just continues to grow. And it can do so um, beyond just one season. It could just keep going. So that's very unique. And the result of that is that you see a lot of disparity on the tree, more so than other species um, in terms of the sizes. And that's certainly something that's unique, unique to Esrog. And so, right, we're being helped out here by reading it, right, by Rebbe reading it, Al-Tikri Hadar, El-Hadir, being helped out and zeroing in on the fact that it's the Esrog that we use as the pre-Aitz Hadar. And similarly, in that regard, Rebbe Abou Amar says the Gemara, Al-Tikri Hadar, El-Hadar, right, one who dwells, right, Davar Shedar Be'ilonu Mishan Lishana. This is what we were referencing before. The biological anomaly, which is that the, it's, right, normally you have a tree and it has an annual cycle, right? The fruits, they start to ripen, uh, meaning you get the buds, then you get the fruit, then they ripen, then they fall off. Or you get to pluck them while they're ripe before they fall off. Here, this is the weirdest thing. Year after year, the same asteroid just continues to ripen. There's got to be a drusha in here also about the continuous growth, maybe be zocha to continual growth um, all year, all through the year and beyond. Amen. Okay. Finally, just finishing up the bright, it says, What's idur? It's water. That's what it's called in Greek. Okay. So, fascinating concept, don't you think? That we would mention that when the Torah is saying, it's taking what? The word idur into it. Mind you, idur sounds a little bit like hydration, hydro which is, in fact, water. Anyways, all of these, uh, all of the etymologies of these words, when you're talking about it, bottom line is, um, right, I'm just saying it is fascinating that the Torah would allude, but we've already seen this um, where we, we talked earlier about uh, certain Greek things that existed and certain things that existed, right, in Rome, etc., and in some countries that don't exist anymore. Anyway, some historical context, Hadar could be uh, a veiled reference to hydration, Hadar, hydrate, same words. Isn't that fascinating? 
And the Ezer Isha Gadol Al Kol Maim Hevi Omer is the Esrog. Another fascinating biological anomaly that has to do with the Esrog, which is you cannot overwater it. Normally, part of having a green thumb is being able to give just the right amount of water. Some um, some plants are very very sensitive to it. Um, it's rare to have a plant that just simply is so thirsty it cannot be overwatered and it can't get overgrown and doesn't get overripened on the tree. Just a fascinating tree. There's got to be some uh, mashalim built into that. Be that as made, those are aspects. You put them all together and they are in fact between that and Tama Eitz Ketamapri. Certainly those are uniquely zeroing in on that which we familiarly know as the beautiful Esrog. Beautiful. Okay. Two dots, middle of the page, Lamed Hayam and Aleph. Shel Asher v'shel Ir Hanidachas Pasol. This we already saw with the Aravas, the Adasim, and the Lulav, that these Asher and the Ir Hanidachas were supposed to be burnt. You're supposed to take all these Avodazaras and expunge them from your midst. Says the Gemara, my taima, came unto the Srefakai, since the halacha is that they have to be burnt, katusei michta shiurei. Right? It's halachically as if they don't exist, and therefore they're as pulverized as with the other medium, and therefore they don't have a shear, and therefore they cannot, they're certainly not others, and they also don't have a shear, so they cannot be used, and so that is the psul of a shear dachas. Now, we're going to get to that next two dots, that which is super unique to the asrog as opposed to the other dal medium, which are just branches. This asrog is in fact produce, right? It's a fruit. Okay. This Hemshech that we said yesterday, we mentioned, I said, you're going to recognize some of these hybrid issues from somewhere else. What was the context I was referring to? Erevin. Remember when we had Erevin, we said that you have to put down food in order to generate right, the Erev Tchumen. So that food, we had some hybrid things. What if you don't have access, right? We said you need to have access to foods. What if you have food, let's say up in a tree? Well, you can't access it on Shabbos, remember? Yet it would be also for you to get it. Or food that doesn't have meiser, that's tevel, that's truma, that truma tamea, truma tahora. So in, in that discussion, um, we had a lot of parallels to the discussion we're going to have now uh, with regards to the esrog. Because the fact of the matter is, when it says, It has to belong to you, right? We already talked about this. That's why lulav agazel doesn't work, right? It has to be lachem. Now, it doesn't only have to belong to you monetarily. It might also have to belong to you in the sense that you're allowed to eat it. Because after all, part of ownership of a fruit is the ability to eat it. What, what, what does it mean? Is there such a thing as buying fruit in Whole Foods and saying, you could buy this and it's yours, but just realize you're not allowed to eat it. That is not a thing, right? It's certainly part of ownership to be able to eat it. And therefore, if it's us or to eat, it might be a pagam and lachem. We're going to discuss this now and dive right into that exact issue. So, Bishel Orla Pasel, my taima. What's the reason that an esrog of Orla, as we just mentioned, the Pasuk says midar raisa, that Orla is asr to eat. Um, what's the reason there will be asr? So, pliki barabichia baravin rebiasi. So, these two aspects, which I mentioned, the monetary ownership and the inability to eat, are, are in fact the machlok between rebiachia baravin rebiasi. Chad amar lefisha einba heter achila. As we just mentioned, Rashi points out. Rashi is going to help us out. He's going to spell out why this inability to eat translates to not owner, not lachem, as follows. Brahmana says Rashi, Amar lachem, the Torah said lachem, haroi lachem bechol darchehan also. There it is. Lachem means that it's yours in all aspects of ownership. 
including any hana that you would get, including eating. So since it has no eter achila because it's orla, so um, right, so it, it is therefore not lachem, and that's why uh, orla esrog cannot be used. Chadamar lefishach ein ba din mama. Right, it seems like a seems like a uh, fine, right, uh, detailed machlokas, but there are some nafkaminos here. Ein ba din mama means that you don't have any sort of like what's called what art school calls monetary jurisdiction. Okay, right, you have no and how so? So let's see. Let's assume, right, that this is a machlokas, that this is like a fundamental machlokas on how lachem is understood. That, let's say, Rebchia Bar'avin would say that lachem literally means that it has to be edible to you, and, and whereas Rebassi said that it has to be under your financial jurisdiction. What would be the following case? Says the Gemara. It's none. We learned in the Mishnah. Shall truma tamea apostle, right? An esrog, that's right. Our Mishnah says that if it's truma tamea, it's going to be puzzle. So we say like this. Truma tamea, right, is something which you're not allowed, obviously, to eat. It's truma that is tame. It's been defiled. Okay? So you're not allowed to eat it. So if you say that the problem with the psul is that of lachem that you're not allowed to eat, says the Gemara Shapir, then it makes sense. You still have financial jurisdiction over it. Why? Because nobody can take it away from you. As a matter of fact, says the Gemara, we learn in Gemara and Shabbos Chavhei that Shumatamea, right, while certainly you cannot eat it, it has to be, in fact, burned, right? Once you have Shumatamea around, that has to be burned. Well, guess what? You're allowed to even though you have to burn it, you're allowed to get some personal hana from it and, right, burn it uh, in, in lighting something, cooking something, whatever it is. Masika tachas use it as firewood, as it were. So therefore, it seems that you do have financial jurisdiction over it. So how is the manda amr that says that financial jurisdiction is the issue going to resolve this idea of the truma tamea being allowed, being allowed to use if the estrog, in fact, of truma tamea can be used, then you should say that it's not possible. If it, if the issue is financial jurisdiction, then we see that you can in fact have financial jurisdiction over an estrog that's truma tamea, and therefore that estrog should not be puzzled. Says the Gemara, no, must be achila. That the issue with the estrog of the arla or the estrog of truma tamea, for that matter, is that you cannot eat it, and therefore that is a gam in the issue of lachem. <laughs> so therefore. In that issue, So what really amounts to here is not a um, zero-sum game machlokas where you either hold that lachem holds means financial jurisdiction or it means achila, but rather everyone agrees that if you cannot eat it, it's going to be puzzle. Kipligi, however, there is a further machlokas bedin mamon that with regards to this monetary jurisdiction, the machlokas is, do you need to, in addition to the fact that it is edible, also have financial jurisdiction over it? So now we're going to see, what would be a case where you have, uh, you're allowed to eat it, but you have no financial jurisdiction over it? Oh, a beautiful t- test case. I'll say it outside quickly first. Meiser Shani. As we know, Meiser Shani, right, you're allowed to be po Meiser Shani is Meiser that you take off. And what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to eat it in Yerushalayim. Now, even though you're supposed to eat it in your shalim, 
you're, it's not really yours, right? It, some would hold, Rabbi Meir, this is the Machlokes, versus the Chachamim, Rabbi Meir would hold that it still belongs to Maman Gavo. What would be your Nafkamina? So for example, somebody comes to your Shalayim, and he brings his Maisa Shani, so he has beautiful uh, Nachi, he's out here on the Caribbean island, and he had a hankering for mangoes, because he figured there's mangoes out here. Okay, so you bring your mangoes to your Shalayim, so you're sitting there and you're eating your mangoes, you're allowed to, that's Maisha Shani. However, could you be Mekadosh and Isha with it? The answer is no, according to Rabbi Meir, right? In order to be Mekadosh and Isha, you have to be Mekadosh, because it has to be Shavu Pruta, and therefore it has to have some minimal monetary value. Well, the mangoes certainly have some monetary value, but not to you, because they're Momon Gavo. They've been designated, right, for, right, for, for the base of mix, so for, for they're considered Kadosh, right? They've been designated as not for you. Now, it's true that you're allowed to eat them, but they're not, that does not mean that they're yours. You're just following the ceremony of Maishashani in that you're allowed to eat them. So the Gemara is going to say this now. And it's a beautiful test case, right? Because if you hold, they need to have both the ability to eat it and monetary value, then, then Maishashani, according to Mayor, would in fact not work and you'd not be able to bring an esrog of Meister Shani um, as one of your dollar medium. But if you hold that all you need to do is for it to be edible, so Meister Shani is perfectly edible. In fact, we eat it. There would be a question, mind you, whether the esrog, this could be a fancy sort of lumdus at a cocktail party, what would be the kind of uh, dollar medium that would be mutter, but only in your shalayim, but you can't take it out of your shalayim, it would be elsewhere elsewhere. So that theoretically could be Maeser Shani, right? Because you're supposed to only eat it in your Shalim. So outside of your Shalim, it would be a fascinating question. But inside your Shalim, where you're allowed to eat it, so then if you hold that you don't need financial jurisdiction, it would be okay. If you hold that you do, then it would not be. Now let's read it inside. So this is the Gemara. What would be the practical difference about whether you, you think you need financial jurisdiction on top of the ability to eat it? Says the Gemara. Right? If you're eating my Sashani Yushalai, I'll leave it to Ruby Mayor. This is according to Ruby Mayor. Uh, against the Chacham, remember, Mayor holds that this is Mamon Gavo. It doesn't occur to you. It doesn't um, belong to you. So the Manda Amar Lafisha Ein Baheter Achila. According to the Manda Amar says that the reason why an Esther Gavorla is not a mutter is because simply because of Heter Achila. So Arash Baheter Achila, the Maya Sashani has Heter Achila. However, but according to the one who says that you need to also have um, monetary jurisdiction, according to the mayor, the Maeser Shani is Maman Gavoha. Beautiful. Says the Gemara. Now that we clarified this, let's see which, who said what. What did Rabasi say? Uh, well, says the Gemara, it's time to Rabiasi, Dharma Lafisha, Ein Badin Mamun. It must be Rabasi who is uh, the one that added this idea that you need to have the din moment on top of the edibility. Why? Ah, he says straight out that according to Rameyer, you cannot be yaitse with an esrog of Maeser Shein and Yantiv. However, and in fact, the Chachamim would allow you for the reason we mentioned, because they hold that Maeser Shein is not Maman and therefore, you have both the ability to eat the esrog as well as monetary jurisdiction over it, and thus, you'd be able to be yoytze with an esrog of Maeser on Yantiv Tis Dayem. That was a beautiful raya, and therefore, we've now resolved that Ravasi is, in fact, the author of this idea that you need to have monetary jurisdiction on the esrog as well. So we find ourselves in Lamed Hayam and Aleph now, seven lines up from the wide. 
lines to uh, digress on this issue of Ravasi here that we just said. As follows. Says the Gemara. Gufa. Let's examine this. Amar Ravasi. Esrik shal ma'aser sheni. L'divar meir ena adam yotzer boyudei chavasu biyantiv. L'divar chama adam yotzer boyudei biyantiv. That we said that Ravasi says you, you cannot use it because it's mamun gavoa. And Chacham say that you can use it because it's not mamun gavoa. That's true for Esrik. What would you say with regards to matzah? Ask the Gemara. We have a parallel machlokas where Meir says you're not yotzei matzah on Pesach unless when it's ma'aser sheni. Chachamim say you can, and now the third and final case, parallel isas shel ma'aser sheni. This is right the dough. L'adiver Meir p'turim and achala. Rameir holds because Isa it says Arisa Shem, it has to be yours. So therefore, since it has to be yours, Rameir says it's Maiser Shani, it's not yours. It's Maman Gavoa. And therefore you're putter from Khala on such a on such a batch. And the Divir Khacham Khayavas Bachala. But Khacham are gonna say that you are gonna fag be Chayav and Khala. So three cases where Rameir says it's not a food. I mean it's it's a food, but it's not yours, and therefore you're putter from Khala. You're it's not yours, because Khala you have Arisa Shem. Your potter from your you're not gonna be Yoitse Dalminim because that says Ukachtam Lachem. And sandwiched in between is the matzah. Now wait a minute, says the Gemara. Matki flour of Papa. Papa's a wait, wait, wait. You're pulling a fast one, you're sandwiching this matzah inside. Yeah, we get it. We have our Isos Chem and we have Lachem by the Dalminim by the Chala, right? Bishlema Isa Ksivrachis of Isos Chem, right? It says already by Chala that it has to be yours. And by Esrog Nami, Ksiv Lochem Mishalachem. By Esrog, it says it has to be yours. Ela Matzah, Miksiv Matzaschem. We don't have a Pasuk that says Matzaschem, says Rapapa. And therefore, why would the fact that it's Maisha Shani, and therefore, according to Rameir, not yours, make you not be able to be Yotze with the Matzah? Where do we learn that Matzah has to be yours in order to be Yotze the Mitzvah? Says the Gemara, Amarava Bar Shmuel. We have Xer Shava Lechem Lechem, Ksiv Acha Lechem Aini, famously by Matzah, Xiv Hasam, as we turn to Lamad Hey, Amud Beis, Vayabach Achem, Milechem Aretz. We're talking about the Mitzvah of Chala, it says, when you eat from the bread of the land, Malahalam, Mishalachem, Velo Mishal Meiser, it says, Bachachem, Milechem Aretz, it should be yours and not from Meiser, Afkan, Mishalachem, Velo Mishal Meiser. So to the Matzah, Lechem, 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 Oni, Lechem, Aretz, Right? Um, should all be yours. Interesting. Is this true, by the way? La halacha? So, um, I heard, I think it was Rabari Leibowitz, Shlita, the great Tafiyomi master, point out that you should be machbid. Some are that you're, that, that uh, you should eat your own matzah, so to speak. People coming as guests for the Seder. Leil, right? Leil Seder. They should, it should be their own. It should be considered their own matzah. Not eat someone else's matzah because of this hakpada. I think that that is a unique hakpada, but some have it nonetheless, and here we see the source for it. Okay? Now, just to support what Ravasi is saying, Lehman Messiah, Isa says the Gemara, Isa Shemaisa Shani, Pturim in Achala, Diver Meir, Vechamam, Vechayavas Bechala. Lehman Messiah, says the Gemara. That's not like what we said. That is what we said. That's more than a help. That's exactly Alpha Naraya. That Bryce says exactly the halacha. Isa shall ma'isa sheni p'turim al-chala. Says the Gemara, Lema Messiah, hee hee. 
That's not like that. That is that. Allah says the Gemara, me pligi. No, no. What, all, all, what it's saying now is, since they disagree about the chala, nami pligi. That means that they also disagree about the esrog or the matzah, whether that could be used. Or dilma shiny isa. Or maybe the chala should be different. The amar kara ariso sechem, ariso sechem, ariso sechem zimni. It could be, right? In other words, the machlokas was, right? It was unclear whether the Bryce supported Ravasi because it was unclear um, what was going on with respect to Isa. Is it because of the machlokas or Meir and Chachamim or was it because of the fact that the Pasuk says Arisa Sechem twice and maybe that's why um, that that's why it's excluded by Maisa Shani by the um, by the Chala, right? But that in itself does not necessarily, because of the fact that Arisa Sechem appears twice by Chala, you would not necessarily be able to extend that Machlokas to Ezrog. And that's really the issue. The issue really is like this. We always had the Machlokas by Chala. So we thought the Yad Man out was the Matzah, right? Because we had Chala, had, had Arisa Sechem, and Ezrog had Lachachtem Lachem, and Matzah had nothing. No. It turns out Matzah and is going along and piggybacking on Ariso Sechem, and that's for sure you don't need to take on my uh, on Maisa Sheni Do because it says Ariso Sechem twice, and that double emphasis makes it for sure that you don't need to do it. However, and therefore, and Matzah has the same halacha. Now, the question then becomes: This is what the Gemara is saying. Now, does do you in fact extend that to um, Esrog? That's the Chiddush of Ravasi. The Chiddush of Ravasi was that you do, in fact, extend it to Esrog. That is uh, a Chiddush indeed, because there it says, Lukachtan Lechem only once, and so that is unique to Ravasi. And so this would be a data point to support him, but not a knockout punch on anybody who would disagree with him. Okay, so now two dots, eight lines down, on Lamdeo and Beis, Shel Truma Tamea Psula. So we discussed Meiser now, beautiful. Let's talk about Truma Tamea, says the Gemara, So we said, everybody agrees that you need Heter Achila. And therefore, the Truma Tamea certainly would be usher, even though you could use it as firewood. Not good enough. Okay? Two dots. We shall Truma Tahora la'ito. Now, Truma Tamea, you can't eat. Truma Tahora, somebody can eat. So that's interesting. So there we had a, into, and again, we got into this a little bit with Erevin, right? Is this a food or is this not a food? Does the fact that you can't eat it but somebody else can mean that you can use it as an Erev? So similarly here, we have this aspect of lachem and edibility and all of these things. Does that mean that you cannot bring it as an esrog? So we said, fascinatingly in the Mishnah, that you should not lachatchila bring it. But if you did, we're going to say that you're yotza. So let's see what the Gemara fleshes this out. The reason why they don't want you to do it, again, this is not um, so much inherent to whether you yotze the mitzvah of l'kachtem lachem. This is more a side consideration of whether we're treating the truma tahara properly. As you know, you don't want truma tahara to become, right, to become susceptible to tuma. You want it, you want to protect it. So, mipnesha machshira means that by, right, by making it wet and using it and making it wet, you're going to make this esrog more susceptible to tuma, so we don't want you to touch it. Means that we don't want you to spoil it. Uh, making it more susceptible to tuma is something that 
Chazal, right, um, impose that we avoid, right, that made an Isser on that, but also there's an Isser on, right, you don't just throw out, we're coming up on Shemitah here, right, so you treat the Shemitah almost like, like Truma, um, all the Shemitah produce we used to have when we live in Mappe Chemish, different like bins, you didn't just chuck it and throw out, um, to throw out uh, Shemitah stuff. And similarly here, you're talking about Truma, right? And therefore, you, Truma Tahora, you have to treat it with respect. You can't just throw it out. You can't, right, spoil it. So all of these considerations, you have to treat it with kid gloves, so to speak. And for that reason, we don't want you to use it. And so we're cautioning you, don't use that esrog that's Truma Tahora, as your Dalad Minim. However, if you used it, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's edible, right? It belongs to you. It's edible to someone, mind you. The question of whether it's edible is, is interesting in its own right, right? That's what the Gemara is going to say uh, at a certain point here when I saw it, I think, in Rashi. But the point is that um, it, the Kohanim can eat it, right? So anyway, and also uh, you, you do have some edibility and ownership. That's not the issue is the point I'm making. Uh, we're going to flesh that out a little bit more. But the point is, you are Yotze with it. We're just cautioning you not to do so. And that is why the Gemara says don't do it. But if you do it, you're Yotze, fine. The Gemara is going to ask, what's the difference between um, the susceptibility to Tuma and the spoilage issues? What if you declare the Truma on the only internal portion of the Esrog? Everything except the outer peel. So, right? So, you still made it more susceptible to tumma, right? Because when the peel is going to become wet, the entire fruit is going to be susceptible to tumma. So, it's not going to matter. However, but if you're going to say, right, that you're concerned about uh, about spoilage, then you're kind of good because that internal layer that you're concerned about spoilage is in fact protected by the uh, the outer the outer um, dried peel and it's going to remain unspoiled. So that's what it means. Leka. So that would be the nafkamina there. Okay. Now, fifteen lines down, we said vimnatol kashera. So we pointed out that's still going to be kosher. So this is where we point out as the Gemara points out what we said, uh, what I was just articulating before. In other words, you may ask, why would it be kosher? Wait a minute. It's truma. Only the coin can eat it. So it's not really that edible. And the coin really owns it, in a sense. So it's not really under your financial jurisdiction if you're a regular dude or edible. Says so the Gemara, no. According to the Gemara, this truma tahora does have heterachila and also financial jurisdiction. How so? So Rashi explains. It has heterachila, says Rashi, simply lakalin. The coin has it. However, be strong. Nami nafik ba yim lachami coin. Oil be yochal achila leben bito coin. Ava pidyon ain la lios niteres lachilas Israel. Be omer kain rashahu. Fascinating idea here, right? That it has. You have some financial jurisdiction in the sense that uh, you can take it from the coin and you could feed it right to leben uh, bito coin. Right to a, a, a son of a boss coin, right? You can, you can do it. Levain bito coin rather to your right. If your daughter married a coin and you have a coin grandchild, so in other words, you have some use for it, which means that you have financial jurisdiction to some extent, and also there's a heter achilas somewhere. 
Rashi just points out that you can't be poted back. That is, in fact, and, and then make it much for yourself if you're in Israel. That, in fact, Haomer came Russia, who is fascinating, harsh, lushim, unusual from Rashi, that it's, it's Rishos to say that. And, and similarly here, the coin is Makadosh in Isha with regards to Din Mamon, and similarly a Israel, right? Uh, if he gave it to a coin, that coin could be Makadosh to Isha, and, and therefore you can sell it to Kohanim and keep the, those monies. So even though it's a limited edibility for Israel and limited financial right, uh, jurisdiction, there are scenarios uh, where you can make it work. Uh, in terms of both, in terms of both of them, enough that it's considered, in fact, yours. And this is really just the Gemara explaining why you'd be, in fact, Yotze with uh, if you're in Israel with uh, Truma Tahara, even though you might at first blush think that there would be no issue of lachem because you think that it only applies to Kohanim. Even though it applies to Kohanim, there is some commerce, we'll call it, that you could do with this Truma Tahara with Kohanim that makes it uh, worthwhile to be in the business, as it were, and therefore it works. Let's see. We have two dots here towards the middle of the Hayon Bays. How long have we been going for? 40 minutes. Okay, so we have 10 minutes to finish up. Here we go. Michelle Demai. So the Gemara, Mai Tamai the Uh Why would Beishilo, we said that that was the mission said, Beishame says you can't use Demai. Beishilo said you can use Demai. Go ahead, use Demai. Wait a minute. But I thought you're not supposed to eat Demai. So why is Beishilo allowing it? Asks the Gemara. So the Gemara, Kev on the E boy, Mafger Lulich Nichse Vavi Ani. This is something that we saw even in the Ervin. An amazing idea. How do you make the Mai food for yourself? Your mafkir, all of your all of your uh, belongings, your all of your net worth. Now you're considered technically halachically an ani, and then the Mai vechazile. Then you could eat it. Wow. And therefore hashtanami lachem krinabe. So now too, since you could theoretically, it's within your power to make this demai edible and owned by you, then you can, in fact, since you have that ability to do that, it's considered, in, even its demai state, even with you and your possessions intact, it's considered to be yours enough, and therefore you can use it. Because we learned in the mission demai, right? There was a shita of Basilel that if you're an ani, right, again, demai, it was... You bought something from our arts, you had no idea whether Meiser was taken off. So you could say, take off Meiser, fine. Let's say you're not taking off Meiser. You just have it in the Demai state. Demai means, what is this, right? Is it, is, has Meiser been taken off or not? So you don't know. So it's a suffix. So technically, there's a gazera, they're not supposed to eat it. But if you're, in fact, a guest, or a fascinating idea, if you're a guest or you're an ani, so Chazal said, you know what? We didn't apply this to you. Right, we want you to be able to eat it. So we're going to look the other way and just have suspend disbelief with regards to the suffix. We'll pretend that it's fine, that we know that it's fine. So you can turn yourself into an ani and therefore and consume it. That was Shitas Basilo. However, Vishamai, Ani lo Achel Demai. Vishamai held in that Mishnah, right, in Demai that Anim cannot eat it because he says, That was Shitas Beis Shammai. And that's why Beis Shammai is not going to let you use an Esrach of Demai because he holds that even if you made yourself an Ani, it wouldn't work. It says in the Brisa, So, there you go. Reflected 
in whether you would you be able to use an esrog of demai for dalad minim. Amazing. And now, a uh, familiar thing, we already discussed this idea, the mission said, we already had to use it as a test case, so now we're familiar with it. You're eating it in your shalim, but you don't have financial jurisdiction according to your mayor. And here the Gemara says, According to the one who said that the reason why you can't have uh, the Tumah, right, is because it's going to make it susceptible with, with regards to the Truma Tahora, the Hare Machshira. Uh, using it is still going to make it susceptible to Tumah. What's going on here? Well, the fact of the matter is that both Meiser Shani and Truma, both Meiser and Truma, have this Lashem Kadosh, right, in the Psukim. And therefore, both have that aspect of needing to safeguard them. So according to, um, so, so what ends up happening with Meiser Shani is that in addition to the Lachem issue, once you've resolved that, right, so even if you don't go like Rabbi Meir, right, according to Rabbi Meir, um, we said, right, that, that it's long gavoa, so you don't have jurisdiction over it anyways, so you shouldn't be able to have Maeser Shani. But even according to Chamim, who say that you normally could, they still have to contend with the fact that it's Kaddish. And the fact that it's Kaddish means that you're compromised, you, you, you shouldn't really do it like Hatchila, but B'diyavid you should be Yodzei. However, Laman Amar says the Gemara, Mepneshim Afsida, Harei Mafsida. It's certainly going to spoil it. So we have issue here by making it... Um, uh, it's not really, however, it's in both cases. You're both mafsidit and machshirit, and therefore, that is why, right, you shouldn't do it, right? So even though Maeser Shani, so again, we said before that w- the machlokas between your mayor Chamim is simply whether it's yours to the point where it would be Lachem and you'd be Yotze, uh, if you did do it, right? But the, the issue is here, should you do it altogether? And, and the answer is that according to any way you slice it, you should not do so lechatchila. It's just a machlokas for mayor chachamim whether you'd be yotze even bedi evan. Now eighteen lines up. With regards to the ma'aser sheni, so the gemara lamadam b'tei shein b'hetar achila, right? Divrei kol, right? Everybody's going to agree, right? If there's no hetar achila, that certainly even mayor would have to consider um, that that it's valid since you're allowed to that that because mayor would concede that it is in fact mutter to eat, right? However, right, so again, we're plugging into the aforementioned machlokas. So Mayor, again, his only issue was that it was mamun gavoa, but he, he agrees, everybody agrees that you can eat ma'asusheni. So according to Rabbi Mayor and the Chachamim, obviously you'd be able to eat it if that was the issue. And therefore, that you'd be able to use it, and it'd be mutter to use ma'asusheni as an esrog. However, right, he. but if you hold that the issue is that you need to have financial jurisdiction, so then it would only be Yaitse according to their bottom, because according to their mayor, as we mentioned, there is no financial jurisdiction over the Yasrug, because after all, it's Mamun Gavoa, according to Rabbi Mayor. Okay, finally, some physical aspects of the Yasrug. Also, Chazazis, right, if the majority of the Yasrug, uh, if there's boils around it, then it's possible Amr of Chista, right? Davar Zerabin Agadol Amru. Hamakam Yebe Ezra, an interesting Lashon, that may Hashem help him. Maybe he was sick when he said this, I don't know. Lashon Rabbi Makam Echad, Alab Bishnaim Shoshimakam was kosher. Counterintuitive idea that if the boils are concentrated in one place in the Ezra, that's when it's possible. But if you have two or three around it, it's okay. What does that mean? So, Amalei Rava, Ad Rava, on the contrary, what do you mean? Bishnaim Shoshimakam was Kiminumar, like the word Namer, a leopard, Upasal. If you have two or three spots, then it's just a spotted Ezra. That's certainly puzzle. Ela i itmar, asefer itmar. 
No, but that word, that was stated by Rav Chista was saying about the 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 late, later part of the Mishnah. What does that say for say? Ami uto kosher. If you see boils on the minority, the Ezrog, it's kosher. So Amar of Chista, this is what we're quoting here. Davazer Rabbeinu Agadol Amro Ramakom Yebe Ezro A Rebbe and Hashem should help him. Lo shanu ela b'makom echad. That's where they said that the Ezrog is kosher only. Right, so it's on the second part. So it's kosher. It's only kosher where the boys are, boils are concentrated in one place. But if you have two or three spots, then it's like a spotted leopard esrog. It's puzzle. To which we qualify And if you see it on the nose of the esrog, and all these issues, we're going to have some degree of discussion as to which part of the esrog we're talking about, as we'll see. But uh, we like to look around what we call the pitum and say, if you see even one there. So when we look at the Esrog, uh, we are considerate of Rava and we th- of his position, and we think if it's right at the edge there, we don't want to see any spots, but in the rest of it, if it's one or two, it's not so bad. Um, two dots, four lines up from the bottom. How are we doing on time? We got a minute. The pitum falls off. That means that the pestle was removed. Rashi and Tell us what's the machlokas about what the pitum is, right? Rashi quotes his his rabbanim. They say, "What is the pitum?" He had he quotes a machlokas between his rabbi, rabbis. One said that the pitum was what we call the pitum. The other one thought it's the okets. But then he says, "I don't think so because I think the pitum is always the pitum, and the okets is not is a different thing." Niklaf, what if it's peeled? Rava, Amar, Ha'esroga, the Iglid, Gahina, Kasumka, Kashera. If the esrog was peeled and became discarded like it was red, it's still kosher. Niklaf, Puzzle. I can't be. We said if it's peeled, it's val. It's it's going to be Puzzle. Lo kosher. Ha, Bechula, Ha, Bechula, Yeah, if the entire esrog is peeled, then it's kosher, says Rashi. First Rashi, Lamed, Vav, Amed, Aleph. But if partial peeled, then it's almost like, right, then it looks ratty, it looks terrible. So it's a machlokas, really, which is the good way. Machlokas Rashi Tosus. Rashi likes that it's completely peeled. Tosus says that's ridiculous. Fully peeled can't be right. And therefore, the machlokas, which is the good and which is the bad, where it's partial or full. But either way, one of them is kasher and one of them is puzzle, and that actually accounts for the contradiction. I hope to be able to continue live tomorrow.